Chapter 24 of Homecraft Rugs, Their Historical Background, Romance of Stitchery, and Method of Making by Lydia LeBaron Walker. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Joanne Turner. Business Aspects of Rug Making The rug maker who wishes to sell the floor coverings she makes can find a market for them if she goes about it in a business-like way. She can sell her rugs outright to a store or department handling carpets, getting a wholesale price from the buyers, or through a store, gift shop, or exchange on a commission basis. She can also sell direct to a clientele of her own. In the latter case, she can use some room in her home for display purposes, or have her own shop disposing of the rugs in connection with other varieties of handicraft, antiques, or gifts. It is also possible to build up a mail-order business by sending out form letters to a selected mailing list or by advertising through papers and periodicals whose readers are known to be interested in handicraft in connection with interior decoration. Selling rugs in this way requires photographs of rugs or drawings of designs to be sent on request to prospective purchasers. The colors to be used in carrying out patterns may be left to the patron to determine, or they may be suggested by the rug maker. In presenting patterns, those carried out in wash drawings are most attractive, even though the colors finally decided upon for the rugs are quite different. It frequently happens that the interest of some interior decorator is gained after examining samples of a rug maker's work and he or she will take orders from clients and hand the orders over to the rug maker to execute on a commission basis. Special order work is the most desirable of any. A rug maker who is also a designer and acquainted with the distribution of colors to secure proper balance in carpets can turn this knowledge to advantage by giving lessons in rug craft. She should be able to retail equipment and materials bought at wholesale, thereby adding to her profits by thus being in the trade. A teacher must be a thorough technician, either in some special craft or in many. She must be able to impart her knowledge and to correct mistakes easily in a beginner's work. A rug maker, particularly one familiar with many crafts, is often in demand for occupational therapy, in which work rug craft holds a high place, ranking among the very first in importance. It may be mentioned in this connection that the value of rug making cannot always be estimated in dollars and cents. Its restorative work to the worker has been found incalculable. Men and women whose vocations keep their brains under constant mental pressure find the avocation of rug craft a relief and a pleasure. It is absorbing without being exhausting. The stimulant it offers brings into play manual energy and artistic ability. Such men as bank presidents in metropolitan cities have taken up rug making as a hobby, finding in it an invigorating diversion with recuperative results. A rug maker who would gain monetary success through her craftsmanship must have something distinctive to offer. This may consist in superiority of technique in conjunction with fine designs and pleasing color arrangements. 
or it may come through individuality in designs of her own invention wrought with due consideration to color and its proper balance. Or it may come through charm of color combinations, creating anew the beauty of classic old designs. Or it may come through some novel assembling of types of work or different crafts that she discovers can be united artistically. Or, still again, it may be through advanced showings of ancient rug crafts in revival. It is essential that rugs offered for sale be fine examples of some incoming style, rugs that are on the crest of a wave of popularity, or conservative examples of staple types. Craftsmanship must be above the mediocre. When once a good connection has been established for disposing of one's output, the store, shop, or exchange will, upon request, advise the rug maker of types of design and possibly of color schemes that especially appeal to its clientele. The rug maker who wishes to confine her business to the sale of only those rugs that she herself makes has the four avenues of outlet already named. If she sells to personal friends and acquaintances, they will be sporadic customers and should not be considered as more. There are rug makers who are kept constantly busy selling their floor coverings in the several ways given and who make neat little sums thereby. As in other enterprises, success comes through persistent effort coupled with the knowledge that articles have actual merit. Some rug makers have no desire to be anything but fine craftsmen. They prefer to work on a wage-earning plan under the direction of some society or community enterprise. They receive a steady rate, generally calculated as so much per hour, though it may be a flat rate of so much for a rug. Or, again, the calculations may be at the rate of some set price per square foot. When a number of women in a community wish to turn their rug-making abilities into profitable channels, they can cooperate and arrange for a sale at the home of some one of the group. For this sale, each person makes several rugs to be sold outright or from which orders are taken, to be developed according to the customer's preferences as to colors and mediums. A combination of both these methods is recommended, whereby rugs, though sold, are not delivered until the end of the sale, thus making it possible for orders to be taken from the rugs rather than from designs. At stated times, sales of this sort should be held. They prosper business by keeping alive the interest awakened as well as furthering orders. Each person making a sale should note the address of the purchaser in order to send announcements of following sales. It is advisable to have a register conspicuously placed on a table with pen and ink at hand, and a card plainly lettered suspended above. This states that all those whose names and addresses are written down will receive information of forthcoming sales and any special rug news. Between sales, rug makers fill orders and make a fresh supply of rugs for future sales. The latter floor coverings should be in new designs, and even in different crafts if workers have sufficient versatility. Except for periods when sales are carried on, this business does not take women from their homes, 
an aspect which, to some rug makers, is a matter of importance. A rug shop is a natural outgrowth of such a community undertaking. It reverts to the benefit of all workers. A clientele will have been established and the necessary avenues of supply assured. Each worker contributes toward running expenses, or one of the group may decide on her own initiative to start a shop. In the first instance, there must be a person in charge who gets a salary paid by the contributors as part of their overhead expenses. Each rug maker receives the full amount of the sale price for her floor covering. It is from this that she pays her proportion of costs. Risks are divided. In the second instance, no one is at any expense except the person running the shop who takes all risks. It is her prerogative to make a selection of rugs for display purposes or for stock in trade and to determine the commission rate. Thirty-three and a third percent is not uncommon in cities where rents and overhead are high. A fair average is 25 percent for specialty shops. Most regular stores ask but 20 percent for handling. Some ask 10, but these are run chiefly for the benefit of consigners, without profit to the concern being expected. The consigner must take into consideration the deduction of whatever commission is stated and ask such a selling price as will permit an adequate sum to come to her afterwards. The rug maker who establishes even a small business soon learns the sort of rug she should carry. It is important to have good rooms in which to show them and an attractive sign to lure the passerby to come in and examine the stock. Ingenuity is exhibited in many such signs and artistry also. The woman who is starting out in the business often attracts attention to her rugs by hanging some over a porch rail, above which is a sign announcing, Rugs for Sale. When the house is on a main road in the country or in some village and motorists are constantly passing it, such a sign, though costing practically nothing, is often sufficient invitation. The rug should be specially chosen to attract the eye as well as indicate good taste. If the person running the shop really knows rugs, she can interest those who come in by telling them about designs, types of rugs, and their suitability to definite rooms in a home or certain styles of decoration. She can attract attention to fineness in stitchery and peculiarities of work and thus hold attention and inspire confidence. Knowledge, or its lack, is soon perceived by purchasers, and if a connoisseur or rug collector comes, consternation ensues or delight, according to the personnel of the shop. A rug maker, even though not connected with a shop, should have a knowledge of the worth of her floor coverings. She cannot otherwise set correct selling prices on them. Fortunately, there are ways of gaining the desired information, thereby avoiding two common pitfalls. One, an exaggerated valuation of her own handicraft, which results in exorbitant prices. The other, undervaluation which suggests the work is not up to standard and cannot command a sum commensurate with that of fine rug craft. One avenue of gaining information without outlay is the pricing of rugs of similar character and quality that are on sale at the time. 
Note the fineness of stitchery and quality of mediums and materials. These are important factors and must be given due consideration. It is not enough that rugs are of like size and in identical craft. These are but two of the many points influencing values. Stitchery and finish must come up to a high standard. The chairman of the board passing on all work sent for admission to one of the notable handicraft societies of America told me that from his experience, more rugs were refused acceptance because of badly finished edges than for any other one special defect. This indicates the care with which work is gone over by craft societies and examined by buyers for stores. One other instance of such care may be cited. An expert craftsman specializing in woven rugs told me that the first rugs she tried to sell were all returned to her because the grade of warp was poor. The firm that sold the warp, when informed of the matter, looked well into their end of it and discovered the fault lay with them. They rewarped her loom gratis, doing all they could to make amends. She, of course, lost heavily notwithstanding, but she learned about warps from this experience. These illustrations are illuminating and should act as helpful warnings to any rug maker who is inclined to slight any item whatsoever in her work. Thereby, the rugs may be unsaleable. It must also be borne in mind that age in itself influences prices. An old rug will bring more than a modern one, even though in all other respects the latter is equal to and sometimes better than the antique. The modern rug sells on its intrinsic merits alone. The antique sells on this plus an arbitrary sum estimated by years. The rug maker must reckon with this, not with any discouragement, but knowing it to be a factor regulating values. Therefore, in pricing rugs with the view of appraising her own, she must use modern rugs as the criterion. This situation of relative values of antique and modern pieces pertains throughout household furnishings such as furniture, glass, silver, etc., as well as floor coverings that are handmade. Craftsmen in all lines have to contend with this factor. The rug maker is no exception. The sums set upon completed rugs shown in embroidery shops where rug equipments and materials only are for sale and not floor coverings as such, cannot be considered as criterions of price. The rugs are not exhibited to attract sales for them, but as illustrative examples of stitchery, color combinations, etc., that result from making rugs with the outfits that are there procurable. When a homecraft rug maker has studied the market in the ways described, giving careful thought to each factor, she will have a very good idea of the value of her own work. Experience in disposing of her rugs will add to her knowledge. Another method of ascertaining valuations of rugs is to have them appraised by an authorized appraiser well acquainted with rugs and whose business it is to know values. A good way to get in touch with such a person is to inquire at some rug store of high standing. There may be in its employ 
an appraiser who can evaluate other types of handmade rugs besides oriental carpets. If not, the address of such an individual should be obtainable. A handicraft shop that sells rugs supplies another means of getting work appraised. Some remuneration should be offered for such expert advice. It is enlightening to realize that all the ways described for profitable ventures have been successfully used at one time or another. Some require capital, others none apart from equipments and materials. The idea of community centers for rug making has been tried out in many instances, with more or less success, as already instanced in the Abnaki and Sabados rug enterprises. A third notable one was organized and promoted by Mrs. Candace Wheeler. Today, there are scattered over America many communities of rug makers working under the leadership of some expert or the direction of societies for the promotion of needlecraft. Some of these centers are in the southern mountains, where, among other types, shuck mats are featured. Centers in Canada and New England are apt to feature hooked rugs. In England, needlecraft societies of royal patronage are making faithful reproductions of ancient needlepoint carpets. The reappearance of turkey work carpets and other canvas-embroidered floor coverings in America and England shows a distinct trend toward the finest types. In all these crafts and enterprises, rug makers are earning money. End of chapter 24 End of Homecraft Rugs, Their Historic Background, Romance of Stitchery, and Method of Making by Lydia LeBaron Walker.